Yeah. So, yeah. So I just had a feeling early on with this episode that it was going to be tough to get through. And it wasn't like Karen Black, the lost episode that you guys haven't heard yet, tough to get through. But it was still a This was weird. Yeah. It kept coming out with weird shit. This was season two, episode 12, and it aired January 22nd, 1977. This is also Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get high and talk about Saturday Night Live. I'm Gilda. And I'm Steph. Hi. Hi, indeed. Look at this beauty. Look at it. It's, it's my favorite shade of blue. That's so nice. And now I can smoke during the podcast again. I really missed that. Yeah. I, I don't smoke joints inside because I can't have my shit stinking because I will get fired. I have no shame. <laughs> <laughs> we also work in very different fields where I don't think that would really be considered an issue in yours. True. At least anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this episode was hosted by Ruth Gordon, and she was a badass bitch. Yeah. She was like 79, 80 years old when she hosted. Yeah, she said she was an actress for 61 years at the time that she was doing this. She was born in 1896. I looked her up. What the fuck? Yeah, she was like radio, she did early stuff, but the majority of her acclaim came later in her life. She won Best Supporting Actress for Rosemary's Baby at the Oscars. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Like, I didn't okay. Really know who she was. Yeah. Okay. And so this is another Gilda nerd moment, but she, I guess five or six years prior, she'd been in a movie called Harold and Maud, which is like a dark comedy. Oh, I know Harold and Maud. That's why she's okay. familiar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had to watch that for school. Sing out, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free. Yeah. I, I've seen Cat Stevens, Yusuf Islam, and... Honestly, it was like the happiest fucking night. Everybody was just like singing and standing and dancing with one another. I saw that in your city, actually. Um, wow. Um, yeah, Gilda's seen Cat Stevens. Gilda loves Cat Stevens. And that was, I was like, oh, I heralded mine. Yay. So, yeah. Oh, and the musical guest was Chuck Berry. Yes. And that was actually really fucking cool. Yeah, I loved the musical performances this episode. So yeah, we can get into the actual episode now, because, you know, we didn't just spend ten minutes talking about bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just, this cold open, there's not much good to talk about. Well, actually, no, there was Baby Lorne, which was really good and cute. Yes! Baby Lorne's letting his hair grow a little. He's, like, you know, a bit more relaxed. And this episode was so weird that I found myself when, cause, all right, so I had to get a new Hulu thing, oh, yeah. cause I just I need live TV and it wasn't working. But uh, I don't have I uh, I don't have ad free. Oh, sorry, am I being too loud? I can't tell. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm I just so saw you right now. <laughs> I just saw you putting the volume down, and I was like, oh no, I hope I'm not making her deaf. Um, no, I'm just like, is this like registering on the microphone? I started to like bug that like the microphone could hear when you were speaking. <laughs> well, you oh, <laughs> okay. So you have your headphones hooked up to your phone, correct? Yeah, that's yeah. Then no, the microphone can't hear me. If you can hear me through your ears, the microphone can't hear me. Yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I, I know. <laughs> tr- 
Trust me, I went from smoking fucking 20% THC joints to this shit, which is 85%. Maybe we don't do that. Anyway, Hulu ads, my new Hulu account. I don't pay for no ads because I'm poor. I now pay for two Hulu accounts. So like I'm watching ads. So I would constantly be taking breaks during the episode, just like walking around the apartment and dancing. Cause you know, I don't need to watch a Verizon ad that doesn't fucking help me. Um, and at one point I found myself going, baby, learn do, 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 do. And I was like, Oh Jesus Christ. That's how bad this episode is. So anyway, the only funny thing I found about this cold open, this is going to be the opposite of last week's episode. And it's going to be the longest goddamn episode ever. Cause I have bones to pick. Um, is so like Lauren is like, I can't put him on the air. He's not in shape to do this. Do we know? Was he like in rehab? The last time, like, they've gone from, like, not acknowledging his dr- John Belushi's drug use to, like, making it the focal point of his being on the show. Like. Yeah. And. <sighs> Do this and. and it- I don't think it was his doctor. I think it was like no. a publicist or I'm, a lawyer or something. No, wait, I'm, no, it was, it was, it was, I'm sorry. I'm so high. It was Lauren saying he can't do this. And the doctor right. was saying, no, he needs to do this so that way I can get paid and get him right. his drugs. And yeah. And he was like, and if I don't get paid, I can't get him his drugs. At which point John Belushi just like perks up and goes live from New York. It's Saturday night. And it's like, okay, so we're doing this. And like, I know it was talked about in live from New York about how he'd be like so fucked up prior to the live taping. And like, they'd be like, who's going to cover his roles? Like who's going to cover his bits? And he would like do it to scare the host. And then he would somehow pull it together right before air and like put on the performance of a lifetime. And it's like, great, cool. If that's your shtick, but maybe we don't make it a part of the show. Yeah, it's just uncomfortable now. And even then, I'm sure, not great. No, and it's like you have Gilda pushing him in the wheelchair and Jane Curtin's just like standing awkwardly in the background, which I felt was kind of her thing this week. They used her a lot as like a background sketch person. And I'm like, okay, interesting choice. Um, Yeah, she didn't do much this episode, unfortunately. And then the monologue was like the world's shortest monologue. It was basically like... Ruth Gordon being like, hey, I'm old. I've had a really long career. This is something new. Let's do it. It was like, all right, she's old, but she's on. She was cute. I think she stuck her tongue out at the end. Yeah. Um, and she did it um, later on in the episode, too. I don't remember if it was like at the end of a sketch or like the good night. I don't know what it was, but she's such a funny little woman. Yes. And like you could tell she was actually like enjoying this. Like she was living it up and you could tell the cast loved her. Like, yeah, there is nothing better than a little old lady who wants to make dirty jokes and like have a good ass time. I love that. Nothing better. Um, And the episode starts off with a replay of that bizarre Marines Garrett Morris sketch. Homophobic. We're looking the Marines. We're looking for a few good men. It's like, oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. I do think it worked better this time with the audience. The audience, for some reason, was like, all right, this is funny. And, like, 
I don't know, because we'd already seen the potential weird homophobia or what the fuck ever, like, I was already like, oh, okay, I've already been scandalized for, by this, so I can just enjoy watching it this time. And, all right, it was kind of funny. Whatever. Yeah. Like, this show was loaded with stuff. Like, last week they did, like, multiple replays, and it was like, all right, why didn't they write new stuff? This week it was just like, I was like, how is this fucking show not over yet? Like, twice. Yeah, and each sketch has just something to get into. Um, yeah. The first original sketch of the night, or the first original bit, was Lorraine Newman um, as Barbara Streisand. And this was really cool. She had her hair and her dress, and she was singing, like... It was like an original song, right? Like, and the yes. lyrics were so good. They were. Lorraine Newman, like, her voice is good. Like, she carried this. I thought it was a little bit too long. Like, the it audience. It was really long. The audience loved it in the first half, and then the second half of the sketch was basically just rehashing everything from the first. Like, if this had been, like, a minute shorter, would have been fucking amazing. Um. Yeah, yeah, she started she... sampling songs. I didn't really like that bit. I was like, no. what's going on now? I was like, it kept switching bits. Ooh, excuse me. Um, ooh, burps. That's something else that came up in this episode. Um, yeah, I don't know. She had just been in A Star is Born. I thought it was good, but too long. But she nailed the impression, for sure. It was great. I loved it. Loved her in it. Um, the next sketch was the Latella sisters at home. Yeah, this was Gilda Radner and Ruth Gordon, and uh, it was Gilda, obviously, is Emily Latella. Was it Essie or Ellie or something of the sort? Essie? Okay. Um, yeah, it's basically them going fucking nuts over toast. It was like, I want to cut it. And it's like, all right, cool. I guess we can fight, like, kindergartners over this. But um, it was them getting phrases and different news stories wrong um i was actually i don't want to say i was triggered but i was shocked when um ruth gordon's like oh there's something ralph nader wants to put an air and uh, forgive me an air fag in every car and gilda radner was like air fag i didn't even know there were enough of those homos to put one in every car and i was just like Oh, yeah. fuck. That was when I texted you and I was like, um, how is this episode? And your response was, it was all right. Or I, and it was just like, I don't even know if I, I don't know. I, that's a bold statement. This episode being all right. Well, I shouldn't say that. Ruth Gordon made it awesome. But this sketch, holy fuck. I did not like it at no, all. No, this was a low point of the episode. She had this comment about how they should stay in Greenwich Village where they belong. And I swear to God, I heard an audience member clap. Like, it was just, oof. Uh, yeah, there was so, I mean, like, it was funny that Ruth Gordon, she was like, okay, pretend I'm on update. And she, like, pushed her boobs up. And I was like, all right, that's funny. Because it was like a 79-year-old woman being like, yo, boobs. But that shouldn't be the high point of the sketch, is, like, an old woman being awesome, you know? Um, there was one about China and how um, they want to have flea elections. And... It was like, okay, free elections. But then Gilda Radner's like, no, that's flea erections. And it's just like, oh, fucking Christ. Like, all right, 
That's I funny. Giggled at that. But yeah, it's like right. It's like I giggled, but the sketch was so problematic that not even that could save it. Yeah, at that point, I was like, the homophobia that I've gotten here has just not been great. Um, no. And so, honestly, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I, I don't know. Now that I'm like living my life authentically as a bi bitch, like hell yeah. it affected me more. Yeah. I, I don't want to sound like I'm 90, but like when I grew up, it wasn't okay. And people just were like, oh, are you a lesbian? And it's like, uh, no. But also trying to get, it's like, because I didn't date. I didn't date men or women. And so they autom- everyone automatically assumed I was gay. And so, like, coming to terms with that, this is not going in the... Well, maybe it will. I don't fucking know. It just... I don't know. It's like... It's weird. I'm basically 30 and I'm coming out now. It's very difficult. This is just, you know, using slurs and it's, it was it's just, just not funny. It was just so off the cuff. And, yeah, I don't know. It's... Yeah. We can get more into that. And it was like after the Marines one too. I was kind of just like, I yes. wow. There was they so really much hate gay people, huh? Yeah, they hate gay people, and it's like I yeah, yeah. I just you want them to be better, and I know it's a product of the time. I get that, but it's just like Jesus Christ. You're telling me there weren't gay writers on the staff, or they didn't know people like. You, you can't tell me they were the it thing in New York and they didn't know people in that community and they still used them as punchlines of jokes. And this was, this was a really difficult episode to watch. But anyway, um, yeah, the next sketch, we can completely shift from that fucking depressing-ass segment, sorry, guys, um, into The Tomorrow Show with Dan Aykroyd. This is a... I don't know, third time we've seen this, maybe? Like, this type of segment. And Dan Aykroyd just kind of, like, yells nonsense at the screen. Normally, I like him. Tonight, I found him to be very annoying. Tonight, he was on one. Every single sketch, he was going rapid fire with the words. It was just, like, exhausting to watch. But, yes. um, but yeah, this was with him and John Belushi playing the man who directed the King Kong movie, and he had the um, most, like, caricature Italian accent ever, and he was talking about his film, King Kong, and saying it was art, and he wanted to be like Michelangelo. It was actually, that was, it was pretty funny. He... He, as in John Belushi, in this Italian accent, gossiped a little bit about the old King Kong and, like, how his is better. Yeah, he was talking about, like, Jaws. Like, no one cries when Jaws dies. People cry when King Kong dies. And I was like, all right, sir. Um, (coughs) This is also, like, I I don't know. I'm guessing there was a big-ass King Kong movie that came out because this is the second or third time SNL has talked about King Kong. Um... I can't remember what the yeah. fuck the last one was, but I've never seen a King Kong movie. I just know Same. he like hangs on to the Empire State Building and holds women in his hands. That's it. Um, this sketch yeah. is way too long, way too fucking long. And there were a lot of sketches tonight, and like they, there could have been more if they had edited them properly. Yeah, this was long, and like the ending part especially was long. The whole yeah. end was just like John Belushi going off about 
King Kong as Dan Aykroyd is trying to like interrupt him and you know give his little transition that the show is over, which is just another opportunity for Dan Aykroyd to do his rapid fire, saying so much so fast. Like, how many lines did Dan Aykroyd do before this show tonight? Because like that is not something a normal human can. He was too on. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we then went into Chuck Berry's first performance, which I believe was Johnny B. Good. Um, yes. Because there were three performances in two segments, but I didn't write down which song it was. I just wrote Ye, which is where I was at in this episode. It, I just wrote that, and I got up, and I danced to it. I, it was a solid fucking performance. It was. He was wearing the most colorful outfit ever. It was like yellow pants and this multicolored shirt. It was so happy and fun. Yeah, it really was happy and fun. And something else that I thought was really strange about this episode is that they were so fucking homophobic, but like Garrett Morris was in this episode all the fuck over the place. There was a full-ass Gary Weiss film that was like completely like beautifully sexual about a black woman. Chuck Berry was killing it on the fucking guitar three different times tonight. Like, and I, as a white woman, I feel weird saying this, but it was like, I don't know. Like, it was really fucking awesome to see black people so, like, in the forefront and fucking killing it on this show. It was so weird to have that in juxtaposition to the homophobia. Yeah, I can't wait to get to the Gary Weiss film. That was actually, like... Whoa, out of nowhere, Gary Weiss. Okay, sorry I put slander on your name last week. Right? <laughs> I, yeah, like, shit, man. All right, yeah, I can't wait until we get to that. But anyway, I danced during this. I thought it was just a fun... It's trying to be good's a fucking bob. It's a damn good time. And he killed it. Yeah, it was a damn good time. Um, and then we went into Weekend Update, which started off with Jane Curtin, um, like, putting her fingers down her shirt... And then, like, sniffing them, which, like, had been there. But this was just not the best way to open up Weekend Update. The whole vibe of the audience was, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, okay. So, like, yeah, I related in that I was, like, okay, we've all sprayed perfume and been, like, yep, going to spray on the titties. Like, you know, it's just, you do it. But the hand down the shirt and sniffing, it just made it, it was, like, oh, haha, relatable. And then it was, like... It went from, oh, haha, this is relatable, to what the fuck? And the crowd definitely took that route, too. Um, yeah. Her first joke was about Jimmy... Well, maybe not the first one, but the first one that I was like, oh, fuck. Um, it was about Jimmy Carter, his inauguration, um, how at one of his... Um, I almost said coronation balls, but inauguration balls, um, he did... A ventriloquy, ventriloquist routine with a dummy that looked a lot like Amy Carter. And it was like a picture of Amy Carter yawning. People were fucking terrible to her. Like, how would you like to be 11 and in the fucking spotlight and living in the, your dad's president? Like, I really felt for the Obama girls because, like, holy shit, growing up in the age of social media and your dad is one of the most known people on the planet, like, holy fucking shit. I, I would want to, like, crumble from the pressure. Anyway, I've always felt bad for Amy Carter. Um, there was a damn good joke, though, about how... I was like the entire population of Plains, Georgia crashed in the Lincoln bedroom. 
and they were all on the bed. And Billy Carter was under the bed. And when asked for a comment, Jane Curtin just, like, burped. And it was the funniest fucking thing. Because, like, Billy Carter was, like, I don't want to say the hick brother, but, like, I think he ran a gas station in Georgia. And after Jimmy Carter won the election, he was, like, on the local news, like, drinking a beer, like, talking about it. Like, he was considered, like, the, uh uh-huh, yeah, the president's, like, Billy brother over here. So I thought that was funny. But I was just a Jimmy Carter fan. It was, like, a legit burp. Yeah! Go her! Anyway. Um, we had correspondent Lorraine Newman talking with Carter's mom, played by Ruth Gordon. This was a wonderful little bit. I was laughing so hard at Ruth, and I don't even know what she was saying, but... It, oh, no. Oh, my God. She basically mm-hmm. just said that, like... <laughs> I'm so I'm too high to recount what it was, but it was funny. Okay, so Ruth Gordon, it, like, you think it's just, like, this doddering little old woman. Like, oh, yes, my Jimmy. I was happy he took the oath of office as Jimmy, not James. I gave him that name, and it's just like, all right, whatever. And Lorraine Newman's like, so when did you know he was going to be president? And she's like, oh, when he was younger, he told me that he would never tell a lie. And Lorraine Newman's like, oh, okay, so when did you know he was going to be president? And she's like, oh, that moment. Because if he could sell that crock of shit to his mother, if he could sell that crock to his mother, he could sell it to anyone. And I was like, oh, god damn. That was fucking funny. That was a twist. It was good. Wait, I think she did say crock of shit. Oh, maybe she did say crock of shit. I thought she just said that crock. But maybe she said crock of shit. I don't know. I I was laughing too hard to, I was just like, oh, my god, that was great. Wonderful turn. Let's go. One of the earlier parts of life from New York, they talked about the phrase crock of shit but i'm not sure if this had got in there but i don't know maybe it did i don't know i should probably try reading that again sometime soon although i mean i'm done but whatever um um oh so then we had another fucking dan Aykroyd coke bit oh my god this (laughs) right like it's just dan Aykroyd yelling at a camera like yeah it was pretty funny because this was an ad for, I don't even know what it was. It was just it like was crazy. It was Crazy Ernie's like tech shop or hobby shop. They sold turntables and TVs and stereos and radios and all that shit. And he's saying he's Crazy Ernie and he's having this super sale. He's like, this color TV was $700. Now it's 12 And it's like... The markdowns were so funny. One was like, it was like, yeah, $400 to 52 cents. I was crazy <laughs> up. <laughs> that was funny. And he's like, actually, I'm not crazy Ernie. I'm crazy Frank. And crazy Ernie ran off with crazy Frank's girl to the Bahamas. So I'm selling all of crazy Ernie's stuff for nothing. Get Come here before Tuesday. That's when he's back. It, it was just, I mean, it was funny, but it was just like, okay. It was a lot. And a lot of that in one episode. Like, if they'd cut one of the other Dan Aykroyd yelling bits, this would have hit so fucking well. Yeah, but it's just like, oh, okay, I just saw him do the exact same thing not too mm-hmm. long ago. So it's yep. feeling a little bit tired. But yeah, isolated, I did, like, the Crazy Ernie ad. I noticed that the green screen for the images tonight, or whatever they project the images on, was better. It used to just be, like, a square, and, like, tonight there was, like, a border around it. And it was like, oh, okay, they're stepping up their game. (laughs) Um, 
There was a period joke. It was gross. Emily Latella was there. She said bitch. That's just about it. Yep. Yeah. Um, the period joke was Emily Latella asking Jane Curtin if it was that time of the month. And I hate when it's a woman asking another woman that. It's like, come on. I just, ugh. You, I just... <laughs> I, I really hate when there's a woman asking another woman that. You know what I also really hate? What? When Steve would ask me that. Oh my god, that's horrible. Yeah. Like... Hashtag kick Steve in the shins. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Why? He doesn't listen. Um, oh, poor Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we went in to the Gary Weiss film. Yes. It was introduced by Garrett Morris, who seemed a little thrown off his game. Think Garrett might have been on some stuff tonight, too. But he was like, yeah, hey, it's a Gary Weiss film about a woman I used to know. And it was like, all right, okay, this could be really good or really bad. And then it started. Yeah, it starts. And first of all, it's set to that song, Night Moves. Um, by Bob Seger. Yeah. I will say, this is a song, I'm sorry, I just... There was so much about this episode. I have so many thoughts. I have the ADHD, and I did not take the Adderalls this morning. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot you had that. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was one of those I woke up way too late, and it was like, well, I'm going to be up until four again, and not by choice this Ooh, time yeah. if I do that. Like, last night it was fun because I chose to do it. It's not fun when you're just lying there and like, ugh. Anyway, um, Night Moves is, I, I really don't like this song. This is really? the first, really. I like the song. My, I, yeah, well, okay, so this is the first time I've ever seen this, I've, this song has ever been presented in a format where I'm like, wow, this is really good. This is really artistic. This really portrays, like, the feeling the song gives you of, like, long ago love and missed chances and shit like that. Um, my yeah, that's friend, why I, was, I love that song so much. Yeah, and I get it now. Um, my friend, I hated this song forever. My friend does not like classic rock, but she loves this song. And whenever the song plays on the radio, I shit you not, this happens like every two to three weeks. One of us will take a video, turn on the radio, fucking Night Moves is on. Take a video of it, send it to the other one. It's just kind of like a hey. Miss you, thinking about you, but like, because I'm all about the classic rocks, as we know. Um, yes. I don't like this song. I, Bob Seeger, it's like, okay, Bruce Springsteen's music is really sad, but because it sounds like it's a fucking bop, it's really fun to listen to. When you're in a stadium with 60,000 other people and you're chanting, got a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack, I went out for a ride and I never went back, you're like, wow, that's a really fucking terrible thing to say. But like, you're chanting it and he's crowd surfing. So it's fine. Um, Bob Seger's music is just, it is sad. It sounds sad. Although I do love the song, You'll Accompany Me. So anyway, um, that was a really very weird Bob Seger tangent, which will probably not even make it into the fucking episode, which I'm not even going to attempt to edit today. That's a tomorrow me problem. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, let's talk about this. You go. I've, I'm yeah. actually winded. <sighs> So we got that song playing, I'm jamming, and it just is 
cutting between Garrett Morris and this beautiful black woman wearing this lacy white nightgown in bed, like smoking. And at one point she's bouncing a little bit in the bed. It was a really, dare I say, horny video for 1977 to just put out there. Yeah, tonight's show was real fucking horny. There were lots of titties on tonight's show. Yeah. But yeah, it was like, Jesus, Gary Weiss, tell us how you really feel. It was just so sexy, so sensual, so attractive. Um, Like, it was just, I don't know. It's like, because the video footage of Garrett Morris was like of him smoking a cigarette in bed and like looking up at someone lovingly. But that's all we saw. And this woman, which I tried looking up information on this, and, like, people are like, how do I locate this? This video is awesome. It was great. It was, like, a music video before music videos. They're really killing that this season. If they you can are. see Lauren's love of music coming through. Like, he's really, he's, he's killing it this year. Um, but... It ends, and this woman is like kicked off her shoes and taken off her nightgown, and she's in bed. And it ends with her holding a Polaroid of Garrett Morris and ripping it in half. And it was like, oh, god damn, mic drop. It was so fucking great. And okay, maybe my eyes were deceiving me, but he looked kind of ripped. Oh, yeah. He, no, he, look, he looked good. Yeah. Garrett Morris could have gotten it. Yeah, and that Polaroid, oh my god. Well, and okay, so I will fully admit my first, um, I don't want to say encounter, because that's not my, the first time I ever saw Garrett Morris in anything was Two Broke Girls. He played Earl, the, the ca- diner counter guy. Have you seen Two Broke Girls? Yeah, I think that's the first time I ever saw him. Yeah, too. and it was like, holy shit, like, I remember I learned he was one of the original SNL cast members when he was on that, and I was like, huh, that's weird, I've never heard of him. And it's basically because after SNL, I mean, he was in, yeah, we talked about all this in Live from New York, go check it out there, we can't do this again, this episode's already too fucking long. Um, but it's like, I don't know, I, I just, holy shit, man, I wish he had had a bigger career. Like, yeah, he was really talented. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, Night Moves was great. Gary Weiss, do more stuff like that, except I don't think he's ever going to top that. I think that was probably the most, that was probably the most I'm ever going to like a Gary Weiss film. Yeah, yeah. Um, we went from that into the Little Old Ladies of the Night sketch, um, which at first I was a little bit confused as to where this was going because it starts off with Dan Aykroyd sitting and he's a cop and he goes off about how all these people keep leaving the nursing home and going to hustle and turn tricks for John's or turn tricks with John's for pimps. I was like, what the fuck is this man talking about? So we cut to what he's talking about and it's Gilda and Lorraine are and I can't tell what, where was this like a like a restaurant? It's like a diner. Thing? Yeah, it's yeah. like a diner with Garrett Morris. But then in walks Miss Ruth Gordon wearing this big old pea coat, and they're wearing these like short little skirts. You know, like <laughs> she just yeah. walks over, and all of a sudden Garrett Morris is all over her. It's just funny. It was. I didn't like him approaching her saying, "I smell chicken." 
I was like, well, that just feels weird. That's gross. Yeah. Like, on multiple levels, racially, socially, you know. Um, was Gary Weiss the guy at the counter? The guy at the counter was actually um, the man who did the magic tricks. No, 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 no. Not the gross, hairy guy. Jesus, no. Um... There was a guy that Gilda, they, 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 Gilda and Lorraine walked away with him. He was in a sweater. Um, they were like, oh, this is how you do it. And they were like, you want to go have some fun behind the bleat, behind the lockers? Well, wait, you, I saw on Wikipedia. <laughs> Jesus. Lord. Oh. I don't know, dude. Um, I was just like, yo, Gary Weiss got hot. That's Gary Weiss. But it was not the magic guy. The magic guy was, like, pudgy and hairy. Not Gilda's type, sorry. It was not Ricky J, the magic guy. Okay. But it, it says it says that... Well, it says Ricky J doesn't say who that is. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, but he was in the sketch, but not the guy I'm talking about. Um, okay, her. Yeah, but the sketch just progresses with Dan Aykroyd being in the restaurant and yelling about Johns and pimps and, like, getting more forceful every time. Yeah. Um, I did think it was funny. They took Ruth Gordon, The one of the cops took Ruth Gordon away, and she started, uh, again, sorry, trigger language. She was yelling about the honky pigs and, remember Attica, remember Attica. And I was like, all right, cool. Radical old lady. That's fine. Um, yeah, and then Gilda and Lorraine took um, Dan Aykroyd for a party behind the bleachers because, you know. He was the cop that's arresting women for sex work. But then, yeah. Yeah. A cab. Anyways, so we go into Chuck Berry's next performance. And this was two songs. The first was Memphis, and the second one was Carol. Memphis, Tennessee is actually what um, Wikipedia says. I just said Memphis, yeah, okay. So this was just a horrible sketch. It was Gilda Radner and Ruth Gordon who, okay, so they've done quite a few things together so far in this episode, and I have enjoyed seeing them work together. Um, but basically the situation is that Gilda is a kid being babysat by Ruth, the babysitter, and she starts asking all those, you know, typical questions that kids ask that adults don't want to answer. Um, and it was just uncomfortable. And I didn't really write much else. <laughs> yeah, I don't, there was a Sunny and Cher slam about how, like, oh, well, how do you, where do babies come from? And it was like, oh, well, mommy and daddy get married and have a baby and then mommy marries another man and then they have another baby. Where'd you learn that? Sonny and Cher. And it was like, God damn it. What the fuck guys? Cher's awesome. Leave her alone. We're going on year two. She is awesome. Um, I think Ruth Gordon had this line where she was like, Oh, you know, here's how they have a baby. A man zips and unzips his pants and says, Oh baby, Oh baby, Oh baby. I was like, no way. It was wacky. Yeah. I fucking hated this. And then, like, it pans out, and Jane Curtin's just, like, already standing on the stage for the next bit, which <coughs> is introducing... Sorry. 
I was rattled from my recording fuck up guys so I took more weed because apparently I think that's gonna help um <laughs> um yeah the home movie Jane Curtin she introduced it it was another <sighs> Mr. Bill uh, it's yeah. just people doing fucked up shit to Play-Doh like, I don't like this. I don't appreciate this. Are we sure that Michael O'Donohue is not just, like, doing this and sending them in anonymously? Because, like, I swear to fucking God, like, the more I, I... And they said that Mr. Bill is so fucking popular. The more I see it, the more I hate it. Yeah, no, I don't know how it got so popular. I don't know why they give so much airtime to Mr. Bill when it's just, like, it's not really funny. It's just kind of disturbing um yeah yeah i i truly this i mean yeah michael o'donohue sure might be creative but i'm not gonna lie well i was saying that i was like i'm looking forward to when he's not writing and it's like well shit then we're gonna be in like the not good year like the second five years five through ten and we all know that those were not exactly popular the lornless years if you will um yeah I don't know. I love Play-Doh as, like, a fidget toy. And Mr. Bill has almost ruined Play-Doh for me. Like, I play with Play-Doh. And, Damn. yeah, I, like, I look at Play-Doh and I get sad. Because I'm like, oh, no. So. It's always so horrible and violent. Thanks, Mr. Mike. Destroyed. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, then we had this magic performance by Vicky J. And this was really strange. I, uh, it was fucking creepy at first. He's like standing on the stage, putting cards in his mouth and laughing like a demonic clown. Um, yeah, I don't really like magic and I don't know. His vibe was just creepy as hell. He brought up people from the audience. It was just, it was weird. Guys, why? Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking this episode. Um... They go from this into a sketch titled The Last Days of Howard Hughes, I believe. Or did I just give it that title? Uh, it, you may have given it that title. I don't know. It was Lorraine Newman as Howard Hughes and her, they're Mormons that were tending to Howard Hughes and like they're like play acting. They had all of the jars of yurt, quote unquote, urine around because we all know Howard Hughes died a recluse. Garrett Morris was hired to fix the projector. I think it was the Dan Aykroyd character. I don't know. Handed him a box. It was like, this is a tissue box filled with $2,000. You will continue to get one of these boxes every year for the rest of your life if you don't talk about what you saw here today. Garrett Morris was like, white people are weird. It was, yeah. I, I Yeah, he said that while looking like right at the camera. It was really funny. It really was. I really liked Garrett Morris tonight. He was, he was good. Yeah, always good to see him. I wish we got to see more of him because his role in this was kind of like one on the margins while we had Howard Hughes and like like Dan Aykroyd, you know, helping him Goofy. go about yeah. his whatever. Yeah, and um, this is when I thought the episode was over, so I flipped the page and I wrote what didn't work. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, there's another sketch. So I crossed that out. And then I thought we were done. And we still weren't done. And it, I was like, oh, my God, I can't. Anyway. Yeah. We had a World of Adventure um, segment hosted by John Belushi with 
his guest, who is Ruth Gordon, an anthropologist who just got back from somewhere in Africa. I don't know if he specified, but all he really wants to talk to her about is the footage that she got while she was there, and he plays it, and there's, like, it's women without shirts on, and he goes, he was like, oh, how old is that girl? She's like 12. It was just so gross. It was Dan Aykroyd hosting it. Um, it was Dan oh Aykroyd. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, he was, like, whistling at these girl. It was fucking disgusting. It was like, God damn it. Pedophilia is not a good look. It was so nasty. Um, but, yeah, that was just another Dan Aykroyd talking fast. Yeah. Whatever. But this time... It, Gross, yeah. Um, and then we went from that into Mr. Mike's least loved bedtime tales. Oh, Lord, help me, because Gilda Radner was wearing this, like, little French maid outfit. Um, We're just watching Michael O'Donohue write out his sick fantasies, and I'm sorry, but... If I asked my coworker, was like, yo, you're going to dress up in a French maid outfit, and I'm going to make a joke about bending you over my lap and then pulling you onto my lap, I am pretty sure, um, I don't know, I would get fucking fired. Like, I understand it's sketch comedy, but there is a line, and I feel like he is so, so, so far crossing it because, like, yeah, I wouldn't want to sit on was... my boss's lap. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was just, it it was a disgusting sketch. It was about a worm who got crushed and rehabilitated himself, and then he got smushed and died. And Gilda was like, oh, okay, I have to go now. And, like, she kisses him on the cheek, which, and then, um, she's like off screen. She's like, oh, Mr. Mike, I dropped my feather duster. I need you to help me pick it up. And he's like, well, gotta go. Bye. And it was just like, it was icky and a horrible, it just left a horrible taste in my mouth Mm -hmm. for ending. But the good nights were really cute. It was Ruth Gordon. She's like, oh my God, I had fun. It was live. We're all alive. You know, you really would have had fun if you saw my bare ass changes over there. And who was like, oh my fucking God, go you. Because we all know, like, it's talked about in Live from New York. It's like, you basically stand there and, like, the clothing is, like, removed from you and you are dressed. And it's, like, right underneath the bleachers. Like, you could look down and see someone changing. I feel like Chloe Feynman has talked about this. Um, yeah. I don't- my favorite Scientologist. <laughs> fucking right. I'm like, oh my God. And then, oh God, we don't have fucking SNL scandals. Michael Che needs to fucking not. He just needs to fucking not. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was like, after she said that, like the entire cast like ran up on stage and they were all laughing with her and like hugging her and kissing her. It was great. Like you can tell they had fun too. Yeah, she was a great host. She was. I was, when I saw her come out and I was just like, oh, Fuck, it's an old woman. Oh, no. And I was like, God damn, actually, this might, like, yeah. Once I remembered who she was, I was like, okay, cool. This, yeah, anyway. Um, Garrett Morris was the player of the night for me. 
Ooh, interesting. Um, I never really picked one. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm not saying this is a man. This is not a mandatory segment. It's an opinion. <laughs> Suddenly, I feel like I was in school. I was like, um, I, I didn't do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my God. No. Um, yeah. So, um, what didn't work for you this week? You know, there were a few different things. Mm-hmm. But since I've already talked about Michael Donahue, I'll <laughs> say the Latella sisters at home for that glaring homophobia that was mine too yeah i was that it was so early in the night and i was like well i really don't think it can get worse than that and surprisingly mr mike's least loved bedtime stories or bedtime tales not the worst part of this week's episode (laughs) no really not um runner up I think my runner-up was the bit of Weekend Update where it was the correspondent, Lorraine Newman, with um, Ruth Gordon playing Jimmy Carter's mom. That was just funny. Okay. Um, My runner-up was uh, Lorraine Newman as Barbara Streisand. If it had been shorter, it would have been fucking incredible. It was incredible. Yeah, that was almost mine. But um, my top one for the night was the Gary Weiss film. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. It was the opposite of uh, Latella Sisters at Home. I was watching it. I was like, well, this is very clearly nothing is going to top this for multiple reasons. Yeah. Um, it was great. It really was. It was just, it was fucking quality. And it's like oh, wow, like, I'm not used to seeing, like, Gary Weiss knock it out of the park on Saturday Night Live. Like, normally, he's not the best part of that show. Yeah, this was just wonderfully edited. It looked so nice. It was hot. I loved it. Yeah, I will say, I just said that about Gary Weiss, but his stuff this season has been much better than last season, like the originals. Yeah. Like, there's been a few... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, But, yeah, that was the fucking episode. It was a wild-ass ride. Um, fucking weird. Disturbing. Homophobic. And yet, here we are. We made it. Yes. Goodbye, 1977. Hello, 2021. Um. <laughs> yeah, um, we are on all... We're wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Yes. We're on social media, Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, and Facebook at Set Night High Pod. Night is spelled N-I-T-E on Twitter. Uh, fuck. Website, setnighthighpod.com, which I actually have to edit because I was showing someone the other day and I noticed the logo was off. I have to update the windows. Um, uh, we also have a Gmail, setnighthighpod. Reach us there if... Your message is longer than Twitter will allow you to send us stuff. Um, I suppose you could also just DM us. That that works too. Yeah. I I for some reason that didn't occur to me, but um, yeah. I'm Gilda, and I'm really high, and I'm gonna go get more high. I'm Steph, and I'm about to do the same thing. Happy, Happy highs. highs.